0: Episode 177 Hella Bass Podcast tonight, Wesley Gore, 2023 2023 Bassmaster Elite Series EQ, Angler, 2024 Bassmaster Elite Series Rookie, comes on the show, one of the most overlooked, underrated rookies coming in to 2024. Let's learn a little bit more about him, and he gives some juice on how to break down new water, new lakes you've never been to. Check it out. This week, the Hellabass Bass Bass Fishing Podcast is brought to you by Arsenal Fishing. Arsenal Fishing offers premium custom-made performance apparel and tackle. Arsenal delivers a wide variety of custom-designed baits, accessories, and tools, along with unique utilitarian apparel for all outdoor enthusiasts. As part of their support, you can use code HEllaBass15 to save 15% on all purchases at arsenalfishing.com to support the show. Now let's get back to helping you catch more bass and suck less. So, nine new anglers on the 2024 Bassmaster Elite Series. There's been a lot of them, like Milliken and others, that have got a ton of the headlines. get interviewed all over the place. But we're going to touch base with one of the anglers that absolutely
1: is good. I don't know if that works or not. Sorry. Yeah. But either
0: way, we're trying to Instagram for the first time ever tonight. And I don't know if that's working or not. Uh, either way, we're going to welcome one of the rookies that you may not know about, but you probably, hopefully, will know about by the end of the twenty twenty four season. What's going on, Wesley? Not much how are you, man? I feel like I had a really good intro going until I tried to start Instagram, and now I feel like <laughs> it started like getting feedback, and I don't know how I screwed it up. But so Instagram started where you can like go from Streamyard. So I was going to try it, and I don't even know if it worked or not. So that's more advanced. for past I, I killed it, but. <clears throat> It started making noise and then I couldn't figure out how to mute it and then I had an echo. So
2: I don't think I'm live on Instagram, but I don't I don't know much about technology unless it's got it's dots on a screen, then I know how to throw it down. Unless it's the uh, front facing sonar. <laughs> yeah. That's about all I know about. At least that's what they say, at yeah. least.
0: It looks like I'm actually live. Alright. I am live. It didn't kill it. We're good. Welcome our Instagram crowd, if you're actually watching. Um, Maybe I'll actually fire that up here and and watch it here. There's a few people on there. So now we got this back on the road again. Tonight's Hella Bass Live on our normal Wednesday night, presented by Arsenal Fishing and boosted by Powerhouse Lithium as always. Um, If you guys are interested in supporting the stream, you can support those companies with the codes down in the description. Looks like we got a bunch of people rolling in. We were talking fishing. I got distracted. I didn't get all my stuff set up. So. <laughs> so we're gonna do some giveaways tonight. Uh, there will be some opportunities to win some Powerhouse Lithium. We'll probably save that for a little bit later in the show and talk about that. Uh, everybody's saying hi in the chat. What's up, everybody? Brian says we uh, we sound good, look good, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna get into it. So Wesley Gore from Alabama. Don't know a ton about you. What, what's uh, what's your home pond in Alabama? Where's your stomping grounds? Where'd you grow up
2: fishing? I just, the whole Coosa River, uh, probably the lower portion. Uh, Mitchell, Jordan, Lee, uh Logan, Martin, some. But I fish the entirety of Alabama. I can be anywhere in two hours. Gunnerville's probably one of the farthest, and it's two hours. And you Al, Fall, Alabama, it's two hours. So I can be anywhere pretty reasonably. I'm pretty centralized. <clears throat> but majority of my time is yes, definitely on. What's your uh, college football allegiance? Are you Roll Tide or War
0: Eagle? Ah, uh, Roll Tide. Right. For sure. Scott's on board with that. What's up, Daniel? Checking in. All right. So, kusa guy? That's cool. Yeah, I, I fished one time on Logan Martin like one morning. I uh, had I fished a Bass Nation Central Regional on Guntersville. Didn't make the third day, so one of uh, me and a buddy ripped down to Logan Martin in like April and just kind of dropped in just looked at what the hummingbird showed and, and ran around and it was pretty fun like uh the coosa rivers are like the coosa spots are legit like they're they're as advertised mean it's the only place that i uh remember like working a jerk bait, and it like instead of like loading up it would be
2: like like just jerk back when one would eat it they would just try to rip the rod out of your hand It was pretty cool yeah, april's a good month that's uh that they're they're mean for sure. Uh If you didn't run up by the dam, I mean, obviously the ones up there are probably worse. But you know, they're overall pretty main yeah. in general. Yeah, we were down kind of in the in the main lake area, I think. For yeah. The most part, but
0: right on. So your journey to the elites, you were actually kind of telling me off. You fished one Bassmaster Open in 2020, and you yeah. drew people that. People may know here you drew Sam Sobey as a co-angler. Yep. Oh uh, yeah. Were you prepared to uh, match his energy in the boat as a co-angler
2: in your first open event? Uh, no, not not really. But hey, he he kept the spirits up. Uh, it was actually on my home lake, and that was the worst thing I could have ever done. I wasn't ready to get in that tournament, but I did just because I could win here. I thought I could just get in the open and win, and I practiced like a day and a half and. I seen all i need to see i had a big giant group offshore that was a bunch of big ones and i was like i'm done practicing well little did i know that it was going to get to be like the first major cold front alabama was going to hit and the water went from 59 to like 49 in three days and i didn't even practice those three days worst decision ever but anyway we somehow we caught like 13 pounds the first day or 12 pounds and was like top 30 and then we absolutely nuked the next day but Sam was pretty fun to have in a boat. Uh, he got to see a little bit different style of fishing. I'll never forget it. Uh, we swam a jig that day, and he, uh, he we pump it a lot. The acoustic shake, you probably hear. He, I guess y'all roll it a lot, and it's deeper up north. And I was, like, shaking it on the surface, and it just he just couldn't believe it. <laughs> I actually caught one that yeah, day it's on weird. it, so it like, pretty cool. I
0: I've, I've fished a little bit down uh, in Alabama a little bit and obviously fish up here and i've i've tried to bring it up like because lacrosse right no secret swim jigs are a big deal up in the upper mississippi river here and like they don't eat it when you shake it and i've had other guys like you even talk to guys that come up here for Bassmaster opens and they're like I, I came up there and i was like they're like i'm gonna i'm gonna show them bass and they'll you know their bass is a bass they'll eat that shaken you know what i mean they come up here and go like nope they just like it slow and steady up here like this it like moving in a straight line
2: I've seen that. Uh, actually, not. I've never been that far north, but Florida's like that. You can't catch them shaking it down there very good. I remember the first college tournament we went to Seminole, and it was the most bizarre thing ever. We swam like all day in the first day of practice, and never got a bite. And then we started reeling it, and we caught like forty the next day. And we just like pretty much the same area, but nothing changed besides we were reeling it, and they just it was crazy. It's so weird, and it's you can catch them either way here, but. We prefer to shake it. I mean, I don't know if it makes a difference or not. People catch them reeling it, but it puts more excitement into it. I think it might have something to do with places that have gizzard shad versus not gizzard shad. That's my I guess. agree. It's like a forage thing. Uh, that's, that's what we try to Im- imitate is up here is gizzard shad when we swim it. So I, I do agree with that. That's
0: typically like – and like, it, you know, Missy Brewer has gizzards and they're but they're i mean i get a thread fin they don't have gizzards and they're the small they don't get real big so i think that must be part of the difference and then the rest of our lakes are all like perch and bluegills and things like that so i just don't think they whatever the gizzard shad do that trigger bass the rest of our forge doesn't do it so i think that's the biggest reason why the shake i mean not saying you can never catch a fish on a shake but like it's it's not the deal up here
2: yeah that's crazy here like we have so many different things you got gizzards thread fins, bluegill i mean they eat small catfish occasionally some of them you'll see them spin up those especially at the dams crawfish but anybody that ever comes here they try to like put different things together and figure out things that you know from where they're they're from originally if you come to the Coosa river 90 percent of the population of fish eat shad at the end like it's amazing uh it's it's changed so much uh the water's got so much clearer than it used to be. I mean, when I was, I don't know, fifteen or sixteen years old, it was always dirty. It was like a normal river. Now it's super clear. You get five, six, seven foot visibility, and it's changed the way the fish eat. I mean, live scope fishing. I've I've been doing the whole scoping thing for since it came out in eighteen or nineteen, and the amount of fish that's out there now compared to when it was dirtier is is ten times the amount. It's insane. So it's changed here, but I don't know. It's a good place to fish comparatively to some places. We talked to uh, your your
0: former college teammate, Easton Fothergill, and he said
2: it's been a great training ground for him at uh, Montebello. Yeah. Being on the coos. That's about the the campus is actually probably 20 minutes from my house. So I spent a lot of days in the boat with Easton. Uh, Me and him has been pretty close for a while. Yeah, he's one of the few that I fish with around home. Still, he's actually went back home, but he's done got pretty good. He'll beat me occasionally around here. He beat me uh, a few weeks ago. He finally got me. Yeah, he's an awesome guy. He's he's a good, he's a mm-hmm. super good oh, like, guy. He's a super
0: dude. you know, you're, you're teaching Easton about shaking swim jigs on on heavy line, and he's and he's teaching
2: you things about the the, 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 the egg beaters. I imagine. I don't dude he it it the whole pano thing I guess you could say we I kind of already had a grasp on that, but he's definitely opened my eyes on some things that are a little bit different uh for sure uh he looks at things a lot different than I do, and it's crazy just from where y'all live uh i mean we I, dude I don't know he he has definitely helped me with LiveScope. scope I mean he probably was one of the first few that like put that together, but when he he figured it out, you couldn't win out there uh but now it's trended to where that's about the only way you can win here. Uh, and that's happened in the last two years. Uh, but I, we, we, I show him how to catch one on a braided rod occasionally, you know. That's, that's the only hope that I got to beat him. Uh, I can go play with him out there and look at him all day, and then I go catch one up shallow. He just looks at him all day.
0: I'll go and get your, like, two-and-a-half, two-and-three-quarter pounders, and then you're yeah. like, I'm just going to sneak over here and catch one big, large year. <laughs>
2: like. <laughs> That used to be the case. That they're huge now. It's like you go catch okay. the, the average fish is a four pounder now out there. It's amazing. Hmm. It's insane. They're so big. Uh, like if you you can catch eighteen or nineteen pounds in like an hour and a half now, and he, two three years ago you couldn't do that. But he's very good at it. He makes it difficult to do. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he throws a loop he and everything. Just, I see your question on the powerhouse lithium uh, and we'll get
0: to that in a little bit later. So those trickling in, we are going to, I got some batteries to give away and some contests we're going to run. We're going to kind of save it to the end of the show. Uh, We'll we'll keep, we'll get through all the stuff with Wesley and then I'll kind of hang on it and run through that stuff at the end. So hang tight on that kind of stuff. So I think I listened to a little bit of your segment when the, the young guns on Mercer uh, and, uh, I think the whole class of, uh, you know, the the, the 2024 e- or rookies, right, has this reputation of all being a bunch of scopers and they couldn't catch a fish in a, you know, in a bathtub without a live scope. Like, is that is that how you grew up or, like, how do you define yourself as an angler?
2: I mean, my roots are definitely shallow fishing. Uh, for the first five years when I was in a boat, all we done was go down the bank with a big jig and a spinnerbait. I mean, I grew up under the dam, you know fishing a tail race and throwing a spinnerbait and a jig and it's going down the bank. I mean, that's how we called them, but you know, we've definitely trained away from that. I was, I was one of the first people back at home that got really good with side scan and uh, down scan. That's the, my favorite way to fish. Uh, I mean, I like forward facing a I can do it and it's fun and all. And it, you have to do it now. I mean, otherwise you can't compete, but, uh, I, I'm a huge idler. Like I still do it. Like a lot of my open success came from idling. Like, I was, there's a handful of us guys that still do it, and it's crazy. I mean, there's some people that go, they say they idle, they'll idle a day or an hour a day or two hours a day. When I idle, I idle, I put 30 to 50 hours on my boat ever practice and open. The boat I just got rid of had 500 and something hours, and it was uh, 15 months old. And most of that's just I, idle hours. I heard
0: a story that uh, who's the guy that won
2: the opens? Uh, oh, Jake. Uh, jt that's 700
0: hours on his boat this year something yeah. crazy like that
2: that's dude that's all we do we just that all you go down there and just scan and i mean i never pre-practice or none of that stuff i just show up and do it because i know there's certain tournaments that could help you and there's certain ones that could hurt you i believe you know pre-practicing but when i go i just put the boat in and i scan and scan and scan and scan that's that's just how i always do it i always try to find as many places i can get a buy especially in an open format. And that may change the elites because a lot of more stuff will be available. But in the opens, like, you can go do something, get you two or three bites, and then by by lunch you're like, I still got three. I need to get a bite somewhere. So anything you can find off the bank that's a one-bite place that you can mark, that's how you compete in those because it always gets tougher on the second day, every tournament. It don't matter. It's the exact opposite of the elites where it stays the same or gets better. It always drops off. And you got to have those places you can go to and you can get a single bot, you know, and several of them, you know. That was the whole deal at uh, actually a lot of them. I mean, every tournament I had, I kind of had that. I had like a main game plan or a pattern going. That's what I would do. And then after that, I would run isolated targets for the last three hours every evening, whether it be offshore or shallow, you know, it would be something. So
0: what – when you said you love to idle – are you looking for everything and everything? Are you looking for schools? Are you looking for onesie twosies? Like what, what do you, I mean, you just, I mean, do you ever, so let's say how much do you idle versus you fish? Like you come back and check things or you just mark things, and then
2: you fish it all. Like what, how does that, how do you use uh, that? Like, I, I look for everything when I go to a lake I'm not used to. My favorite thing to look for is groups. Uh, you follow the first event this year. It was like hands down, it lined up perfectly. I have a bunch of experience down there. I'm no, I'm not going to say every place, but like 95% of the places that they get offshore down there, I got. I mean, I had ever – they they're one of those that get out there on the same places by the book. If they move, they only move 50 yards. You know, you just got to refine where they're at on the ledge. They just rarely move, and they're out there for tons and tons of time. And uh, I, that's my favorite way. But whenever I go places I don't know, it's anything. I'll look for shell. i look for groups. I'll look for a stump, brush, anything that a bass can set on, just a drop you know, and a lot of times I'll sit down and like I'll fish the first few, like the first day of practice, I'll, I'll go fish the bank, you know, several different things and just see if you can get bit. Then I start scanning and I'll find like two or three piles and I'll fish them and I'll find two or three isolated patches of stunts or a stump or two or three hard spots and I'll fish them. And once I start getting bit, I just idle and idle and idle and I don't fish at all until I I just mark what I've got bit on. And then that's how I go about the tournament, whatever I got bit on, I will run that in the tournament versus, you know, from practice. Uh, a lot of times my last day, uh, a lot of people don't practice on the last day, and there's some days I didn't this year. I didn't practice on the half day. But uh, if I did go out there, I would just go out there and just check something. I would get bit, see if I could get a bot still somewhere on one of those places and just get on, you
0: know. So watch. you kind of, so it sounds like you kind of mix it up the first day, and then you're like, they're on brush I'm, I'm I'm looking for brush, but you're also like you're, you're 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 looking for brush, but you're also marking the other things at the same time. Oh, right? absolutely, like still like, keeping them honest. Like I see some shell, uh, I see some. You know, I'm looking for fish. You're looking for it all. Do you yeah. have like an icons or a naming
2: convention, or how do you keep it all organized? I assume uh, you're laying down hundreds of waypoints in practice. Hundreds. uh I do. I, I put down like five to seven hundred in a week, so that's pretty impressive. Uh, but. I I just change the icons and stuff, you know, and the ones I get bit on, I'll I'll still keep the ones marked that, uh, not necessarily that didn't have fish, but like my big thing, one of them, I use, uh, the diving flag for hard spots, but the ones I get bit on, I put American flag on. So it's more of a shape thing. The things that are like rectangular or square shape will be hard spots. And then the brush icons, I kind of leave them the same. I don't ever change them. I kind of just hit them as I go. because piles are random to me. Uh, You just kind of got to hit as many as you can from what I've seen. I mean, occasionally you'll go like Hartwell somewhere. The same pile will be good, but you also at Hartwell don't have shell and all that stuff like you're fishing timber and brush. It's object-oriented to that extent, so you can limit your waypoint management down. But Florida, it's like there's a stump, there's a sunken boat. That's where you need a lot of waypoint management. But you were talking about like...
0: You're going to go in right and start like okay it was it was shell it was hard spots or right and like you're going to start on what you got bid on in practice yes and give it a certain amount of time and then if that's not going you're like now i'm going to just start rotating the other things until you get a bite and then just right keep Is that kind of yeah. your game plan
2: yeah that's kind of how i do it uh the stuff that i got bid on in practice you know whether if, if it's immediate offshore i'll go and i'll run that stuff if i don't get bit then i'll start sampling things that's in the same area because i try to find as much in an area i'm a big uh i'll find like a creek and if i'm getting bit in that creek i'll find everything available in it but i try to find the best thing in it to fish uh and if i don't start if i'm fishing hard spots and i'm not getting bit i'll go fish brush for a while and then what i like to do if i'm not catching them like i'm just like i throw my hands up i try to fish the day itself after lunch uh you know, I'm a big condition guy. So if you got wind and sun or wind and overcast, there's it places those fish in certain places up shallow for you to get a bath where it wasn't there that morning. You know, there is fish that pull in throughout the day and I, I like to do that a lot. That's a big deal back at home here, you know. And that's actually I believe the bigger fish, you know, they get positioned up shallow to eat something. So a lot of time I leave the last half of my day to either survive or try to catch fish that are positioned from the conditions that they and the condition fish are going to be fresher, right? Less pressure. Right? Oh, yeah, like absolutely. You know, and the, the, this, and obviously not having so much experience like, uh, as I on all the other places, but from here, you're, so it's it's anywhere you go, you can do it. You know, the wind positions fish because it moves the bait around, and, uh, you just got to kind of figure out where they're at that day within the wind based on the sun and all that. Uh, from what I can tell, the sun gets them a lot shallower than the overcast conditions do. So, I prefer it to be sunny and windy, but uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, they're actually a lot easier to catch is what I've come to find out Too the conditioner oriented fish. You know, they don't get beat up as bad. And, you know, people that practice all day, I mean, I do too. I practice, I'm a daylight to dark person, but also I, I realize what's going on throughout the day. You know, the fish that you catch in the morning, are more residential fish or fish that are eating that morning. And then the ones you may go through an area later in a day and get bit, but that's not the same fish that bit you that morning. So I, I kind of try to pay attention to where I where I get bit and why I get bit.
0: Here's a, a Ufala specific question. Ryan, next one wants to know, you think the brush piles on Ufala hurt the, you know, the historical productive points and ledges?
2: I have actually never weighed a bass out of a pile at Lake Ufala. Uh, But, yes, uh, it's completely changed it. But they used the brush to uh, replace the the hydrilla that they nuked a few years ago. Uh, And there for a while, it was a big player. And people still do catch them out of it. But the biggest thing is now is, like, the schools that get out there, they get on the same exact spot every time. And they get – I mean, everybody knows where they're at now a lot of them, And they're a lot harder to catch. Uh, But the brush has spread out the groups because – now the brush is getting farther and farther and farther out, and it picks off a fish here and a fish there. And hell, if one ditch has got 50 piles down it, then there's 50 fish that was in the mouth of the ditch that was on a school or, or a creek channel turn that it took away from it.
0: Interesting. Scott, Scott's got all kinds of questions. He wants, uh, how do you determine
2: an area in practice that you want to target an attorney besides seasonal patterns? Ah. Uh, so I, this is probably something you don't hear a lot. I try to pick, I'm, I'm one of the, uh, it's, I'm not going to say obvious, but I prefer to uh, find the flattest creek. Uh, and when I say that, I try to look for a creek that has the most uh, defined creek channel, but has the most uh, flats available. And when I say that, it could be an eight foot flat. It could be a three foot flat. Anything that's extended, uh, I really like those creeks because what I've come to find out is fish live on flats. They use them to spawn. They use them to push bait up in the fall so they don't leave the whole creek in the summer or the winter or whatever they are in there somewhere and those creeks that have massive amounts of flats have a better population of fish so that's how like if i go to ever if you could look at a map and you could pick the two creeks you were going to practice in and that's always what i found and it's held true on every event this year like i could go to a place i've never been and i could pick two creeks that has the most flats accessible and there's a better population of fish in there versus ones so that doesn't have that stuff accessible. And we were talking about conditional fishing. Uh, a lot of those flat creeks have more targets for those fish to position on when the wind blows or it's not blowing or something like that. You can fish many more, or several different depth zones in one area. That's why I like the flat creeks. You can fish three foot around a hundred yards and it's six foot. Then you got eight foot, you know, it don't just drop directly down. So you actually have, you know, several areas that has an exact depth range. You get bit an eight foot. You can find a lot of eight foot stuff in that creek. You get bit fifteen foot. You can find fifteen foot stuff. So that's kind of how I go about it. I prefer the flatter places. That's uh, it held true this year. I mean, it really has. Uh, that I haven't ever always done that. Uh, I've kind of just practiced everywhere, but I'm i this year I completely changed it and I said I'm going to practice in these two creeks and that's what I'm going to do. You know, and then I try to find some main lake stuff because there's always fish on the river. But it's just a place here and there. I always find one or two creeks and spend most of my time in it. You know, obviously, you follow was a little different because I had so much history there. I meant spent most of my time on the main lake. And those fish are different than anything I've ever seen. I mean, they we caught them in 20 foot uh, out of schools in March on the full moon. I mean, they just live offshore there, which is crazy. But everywhere else that you can actually go by, you know, not necessarily the book, but you can go by kind of how, you know, fish transition. The flatter creeks always have a population of fish in some depth range. Yeah. And I would say that's that's some interesting nuggets
0: there because I don't think I've ever ever heard anybody kind of like explain it that way, which is cool. Now, up north, I would say we see a lot of the same like we don't have creeks and arms as much right more National Lakes, but like weed flats big flats are a great place to start your search. And then if you start looking for turns and points and drops and stuff, you know, those weed flats will sustain a huge biomass of fish and bait fish. Uh, so that's always a good place to start your search uh, up in the
2: Northern Natural Lakes as well. Yeah. And I mean, they just have so much stuff that's present, you know, all the stuff that we're talking about to cover, there seems to be a, a a lot more a better quantity of it of all of it accessible you know in a a depth range you can fish you know you go in a creek that's super steep bluffy banks you know you have to go to the very back of it to find the actual depth that people catch fish in you know and the banks are vertical so there's not a lot of stuff down it if i get in a creek that's flat i have hundreds of yards of idle space and it also makes it harder for people to find stuff because they're not willing to idle the entirety of the creek when i go in a creek I idle it from the mouth to the back, from 25 to the bank, and I will find everything in it. Yeah, I mean, a, a perfect example of that was watch Bar. Uh, this kind of like kick-started my uh, trend back up. Uh, uh, had come off of a decent term at the St. Lawrence. But anyway, uh, I was in there. We were talking about finding stuff. I was catching them off of Hydra patches in like 14 foot. They were uh, isolated patches that would not go to the top. I had got on a pretty neat deal there with my buddy. We were catching them, obviously, on drop shot and stuff, but we were catching them, punching them uh, early in the tournament, and they were submergent. So we were using scope, and we were flipping to the, the patches under the water. They topped off in like, six foot. And the fish, you could pick them off around it with a drop shot in the morning, and uh, then you could punch them, and you'd get eight or ten more bites. There were so many fish in those mats or those grass patches out there, and they were all the size of, like, a car. But uh, I actually found a spring. That's what I was getting to that actually carried me through that event uh, underwater spring while I was idling for stuff. And uh, that's the first time all year. I think I had a place that no one else had. Uh, I could pull up to it at any time and get bit. There was the, the amount of fish that got there in the morning time was amazing. I mean, I could catch 30 or 40 a morning. I could catch a limit in 10 minutes, which it's not saying a lot, but that watch bar, that's a lot.
0: Yeah, and, and keepers whereas a lot of people are struggling like catching
2: oh, 14s I, and 13s and i like this the when they had a camera on me the last day they actually you actually didn't get to see it i caught one my very first cast and it was uh they replayed it. it was a two and a half but i caught like six or seven more and then i jumped off a three pounder no that was the only two keeper bots i got there that day but on the first morning i caught five keepers and seven cast and the second morning i caught five keepers and 11 cast. So it made my day a lot easier just to go fishing, knowing that I had a limit each day. And they were actually a decent one. The first day I caught like a three and a half out of it. Uh, the second day I caught a three and a quarter out of it. I mean, there was a couple good ones to have there. I mean, three pounders were giants there.
0: Yeah, that's that's great. That's cool. Uh, see a couple of questions here that people have. Let's see. Uh Scott wants to know any any boat sponsors or what does your rig look like for 2024?
2: Uh I will be running a Blazer. I've been with them the last few years uh so I'll be running another 625. Uh we're going to leave the other kind of hidden for a little bit till I get it completed. I just got it so it right. should be done in the next week or so. Like a new title deal type thing? Uh yes. So uh, we're kinda, we're kind of keeping it on the down low. So so go what's the best go follow on Wesley gore fishing on Instagram. Is that where we're going to yeah. hear it first? Yeah. That's where it'll go. I, I haven't posted a whole lot out there. I've been trying to get everything together, Uh but we're going to, we're going to get kickstarted and that's going to be the first thing. So we're trying to get it complete, but it's going to be a pretty neat deal. We'll, we'll be probably the only person with this, this company.
0: Yeah. Nice. Very cool. Is it, end, can you tell us whether it's endemic or non-endemic? Non-endemic. Okay. Well, that's cool. That's always exciting. Like, anytime anybody can get somebody from outside the industry right that's good for i think everybody right because it, it like kind of proves it out and and shows other companies that there's an opportunity here and also that just means it's one less person like trying to split the same berkeley strike king you know uh you know
2: mercury yamaha pie that is like you know too thin right yeah it's almost so big but uh no my, actually several of my stuff my sponsors will be uh non-endemic so uh, I'll have obviously several that are in the industry as well, but you know, not my main one will not be within the industry at all. That's awesome. Fish and fix wants to know what, uh, what's a couple of, what are your, what are your go-to baits? Were there any uh, baits that carried you through the opens? Maybe. Oh, uh, there were several. I mean, there, I'm not going to say I weighed heavy on one thing. I probably weighed more fish on a chatterbait and a drop shot than anything this year. Uh, I caught a lot of fish on chatterbait, a ton. And uh, that was more the front half of the year, the spring. I mean, you could expect it. And that was kind of the, the deal there. And then kind of once we got to the funky late summer, early fall stuff, I a drop shot carried me. And I caught a few on top water, a frog. The most important fish, I guess, I caught all year. There was two, I guess you could say. One in Ozarks. For some reason, I could not catch a limit there. I caught 50 a day and had four keeper bites a day for some reason. But I caught a six-pounder the first day late and weighed in four for 12, and I caught it on a uh, – I caught it offshore on a jig, but then I caught eight on my first stop at a uh, hair chain. I caught it cranking. But as far as numbers of fish that I weighed in, it would definitely be like a three-quarter ounce uh, spot remover, jackhammer. You know, I throw a lot heavier one a lot of times, so that's just something that I like to do. I'm not a big, light, bit kind of person. rolling it or – no, I burn it a lot. Uh, just, I just, I, I, just, I like a heavier one. It ke- it stays down in the water column a lot better. And, uh, even like fishing in the grass, it can be annoying, but, uh, it seems to get more bites. I remember, uh, I traveled with, uh, the first year I traveled for the opens, I traveled with Joey and we were catching him out. He won the, uh, that tournament. It was the pickwick open and he actually won it. But, uh, uh We had one place that was kind of special it was a shale grass mix there was a lot of fish there but the one thing is we could go behind people and it seemed with a three-quarter ounce and seemed to get bit better a lot more so it's almost like speed you're getting
0: you're fishing the same water column but you're moving it faster so faster the true reaction it's almost more like a trap i guess right where it's like ripping
2: fast we we could burn it around you know and you could rip it out of the grass and get bit where you didn't have to like fight it to keep it down there that's terrible. I'm, I am I mean, one of the things, If the magazine we done this week for, uh, for bass, we did a small thing. And the one thing that I said in there, my worst weakness is, uh, our worst problem would be, I fish too fast. I, I am 90 to nothing all the time. And so I like to throw things and be able to, I have to find ways to accommodate for the ways that I like to fish. I keep the troll motor on 10 and I try to hit as many places as I can. And I, I always tell people I don't try to make fish bite. I try to catch fish that are willing to bite or active. Uh, that's the ones I always try to target.
0: A, so what's your favorite trailer on that three-quarter-ounce spot sticker?
2: Any uh, – I always throw a five-inch fluke-style bait. Uh, that's probably my favorite thing to throw. I threw an egg shad for a long time. Uh, that's been a really good one made by Shot. What's the – it's probably something that a lot of people haven't heard about, but it, it's a pretty good ch- chatterbait trailer. It, uh, it gets after it pretty good, but I keep it simple. I don't have no, nothing, I guess, crazy, like, bait-wise that I do differently. Uh, I like to throw bigger profile stuff a lot, too. I, I'm not a Millican by any means. I don't throw the big giant glide baits, but I'll bulk up no something. Hinkles apart. yet? Do what now? No Hinkles yet? No, no, no. That's That's not for me. <laughs> I don't even know if I have a rod that's uh, capable of doing that. So I'll just – I'll let him do that, you know. What's that? Well, any any frogs like this year in the opens? Uh, actually, uh, I, throw, I throw a popping frog a lot, a Spro one. Uh, that's one of the ones that I caught a few. I caught several at a hairs chain that I weighed in on it. Uh, I weighed in like three or four the first day. And uh, I think I weighed in my whole limit the last day on it. Nice. Good way to finish out.
0: I forget how, like, how, going into the last one on Harris Chain, were you pretty comfortable? You just needed, like, to catch five fish a day, or, like, what was your oh, position oh, going into the first I was first actually, first to, like, man, him
2: catch I was the first man out. Jamie Bruce was one point. Okay, you were an 11th going into the last one. You need to make up ground. Right. Yeah. I was one point behind Jamie. And uh, the only thing I had going is we went there so many times in the past, and we've actually been there in October. And it fished identical to the last time we were there in October. The lake was, all the lakes were real dirty. It looked like they were turning over. Uh, you started to get some of the cooler nights, still highs, but it were fairly warm. Uh, but the fishing was pretty tough all in all, but they were scattered out. And that's, it kind of fit, that suited the way I like to fish. They wasn't necessarily grouped up anywhere. You could get a bite here and there. So I had a number of places I could get a single bite. The only pattern that I actually figured out that week—I mean, I had like two or three shell places that had fish, several isolated targets that had a fish or two on them occasionally—but was frog and duckweed. Uh, I caught them really good, to frog. and mean, I'd catch twenty or thirty a day, but they didn't get there too late. The sun put them there, so I needed sun.
0: I love me some duckweed.
2: Uh, it was—it was actually the best I'd ever seen it down there. It was everywhere. It's, it's pop. It's definitely pop down there. It's in every canal. It's on the main body. I haven't ever seen it like that. On the uh, we get we
0: get a lot of duckweed on Mississippi, like lacrosse and the pools up here. And it's like that. you, you just got to find that right thickness of like not too thick, not too runny, and then your frog just makes a nice little trail in just, it, and you get a little current in the right water and the bait in there. You just like, oh, it's about to go down. Yeah, like, well, or sometimes I, I, on those lakes where you just find that little tiny strip. And like you just hit little pockets of it, and you just know like yep. every one of those little just bright green mats is going to get you a bite.
2: I, that's what was the deal was actually at at Florida. Uh, it was actually little breakthrough spots, you know, within the mats. It'd be, it would be it'd be super super thick for like seventy five percent of the canal, and uh, there'd be like seven or eight places that were ten or fifteen foot stretches that you could actually your frog would make a trail through it, and you could get several bites in them, you know. I actually fished the same places in like six canals all day. I rotate them. There was tons of fish that would just continue to replenish those, you know, late in the day once I started doing it there. I practiced on one side of the lake, you know, and I wanted to have as much stuff accessible within a decent distance of me that I could. I just tried to find as much of it could, and it stayed pretty true to itself. The wind didn't blow the mats around. I was a first. Usually I find all that stuff, and then the wind blows it completely out of the canal or something
0: there are times on the upper Mississippi river where you'll actually will get schools under a mat. Like you'll get a mat the size of the front deck of your boat and there'll be like 15 of them in there. And you'll know it because you'll like start scooting your frog like, and one will come like, and it maybe misses it. But then like before his tail even goes down, there's one coming from the other. Like it's <laughs> like they're schooling and like, like you're, you know, like you're walking a popper through a school of fish and
2: they're fighting over it, but it's happening in a duckweed mat. It's pretty, pretty good. I have actually never been part of that. I've not, I've never seen him ganged up. I've heard of it. But that's pretty neat. I, I, I've been telling myself I'm eventually going to find something like that. I guess I semi-did in an open with the spring at Watch Bar. But besides that, I've had to work for them every time. Yeah. Makes it sweeter when it happens then.
0: <laughs> Let's see here. We uh, covered that. You said you like drop shot. Little Rich wants to know, what uh, what is your – are you more of a power, finesse, spinning rod, beak? Like what's your – you know,
2: I'm. Do kind of like you like to throw? I throw it on a spinner rod, pretty much exclusively. Uh, I'm not real particular about it, I guess. Most <laughs> time, it's fairly heavy. The quicker I can get it down there in front of it and out of the way, it's amazing how you know. Obviously, before we had live scope, we never knew all the things we know now. But a lot of the fish, if you just put it on their nose, they're gonna bite it. And it's just the way it is. I mean, if they don't bite it in the first five or six seconds, you can reel it in and keep going. You know. And that's even largemouth or smallmouth Uh, at like uh, Ozarks. I was doing a little bit of it. I was trying to catch keepers doing it. you could like see a fish on a stump and throw over there and he'd have it as soon as you picked up. Harris Shane, it's the same thing. You know, you see a fish, throw to it. and If he's going to buy it, he's going to have it as soon as you picked up. Uh, But a lot of stuff I use is a 3 16 quarter ounce rig. You know, I try to keep my leader probably. I'm not real short on. I don't like a real short leader or necessarily super long. It's pretty normal, I guess, 12 to like 14 inches. You know, I don't use a nose hook. I use a cover shot hook. So I usually are throw it like hard. braid leader. Hard. I Yeah. Like four braid leader. Oh yeah. I just, uh, braid, to, uh, four leader.
0: And like, do you go like super light six, eight, or are you more like a oh, 10? No,
2: no, no. I use 10 to, uh, 15, 15 pound braid to 10 pound leader. And, uh, It just varies on where I'm at or what I'm fishing, what line I use. You know, if I'm using something where I'm catching a more open water, I'll use red label, cigar, 10 pound line. If I'm fishing or you're catching them around brush and stuff, I use gamma.
0: So you said you like to idle. How do you like one of the things that helps me idle more, which I need more of is like eating snacks.
2: So like what's, what's your favorite boat snack? I, the, the, if I actually make it as a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, I'll, I'll eat like four or five of them a day because I I just sit behind the wheel so much. I probably shouldn't, but little debbies little debbies are pretty good. I'm not gonna lie. I get I bring a honey buns with me sometimes. That's a pretty bad deal. I'll go through a box of them pretty quick. You know you're from the south when honey buns are your your go-to.
0: Oh come on now! <laughs> like people up here literally do not eat honey buns. Like that's really just. Crazy. Like- they they go stale in the convenience stores. Like <laughs> uh, Ryan, Ryan's Nick's is trying to get all the juice. He wants to know what your go to color on your drop shot is. Well, hands
2: down, it's morning and dawn. I mean, that's okay. they body in pink the worm gang. It was I, it was crazy. Uh, I actually didn't I, I didn't realize this, but we, when we went up north, it was the only place I didn't throw a pink worm on. Uh, my uh drop shot i was catching them on a flatworm or you know several different you know goby style baits and i had a co-angler that caught like three for ten behind me on a pink worm drifting at the saint lawrence it was the most amazing thing i've ever seen
0: greg suggests a healthy alternative of
2: grapes as you're idling (laughs) (laughs) i guess that's a choice i'd have to eat them like that day and keep them on ice then you know I like, I'm, carrots, I'm bad about right? not like getting we off. We got to keep our eyes up for staring at those graphs. Maybe we should be eating carrots to keep our eyes <laughs> like. Where <laughs> you can see
0: like, So, this is earlier on when you're talking. Gene wants to know is idling that much bad for the engine? And I don't really, I'm not a mechanic. I think that was more of a concern with the older carbureted two stroke. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I don't think it's you still need to run them, you know. Uh, it's pretty, I mean, I, like I run the diagnostics before I sold my boat, and I, I had 530 hours on it, and I had 371 idle hours. So it's only had 160, but you know, the thing with me is it's not variated. It's either it's idling or it's running, you know. That's I'm one of those people, but yes, it uh, they the two strokes when I used to have them used to have problems with when you idled that much. uh josh says
0: uh what do you think about the, the like the hover rigs is that is that
2: innovative or more of a, a passing fad uh i catch a lot of fish every year on that on, suspended fish you know we talked about that before we got on here that's a real big deal you know but uh i think it's an a alternative uh it's okay but what I've learned with suspended fish, it's more of a presentation than it is what the bait is itself. If you know where to keep the bait in the water column to, you know, for that fish, then you can catch it. You know, I, I'm not a personally a big hover rigger. I mean, I throw a true just to make you rig. You know, we've been throwing it for a long time at suspended fish, and they still bite it just as good as the other. I think not one or the other works better. I uh, just think it's your choice. Do you want to put a Nico weight on the front of your Later of time when he jumps and comes up and throws it out, or do you want to just be able to throw at the next one? You know. <laughs> Fair
0: enough. All right. Um, uh, cool. I'm actually we're gonna take a quick break from a partner and when we come back we're gonna talk about we're gonna start previewing the twenty twenty four season. I think we've and, uh, and and get your thoughts on the upcoming elite season here. Yeah, that works for me.
2: Are you ready to reel in your next home purchase or refinance? Supreme Lending's Dream Team can help guide you through the entire mortgage process, from pre-qualification to closing. We have a wide variety of home loan programs in our tackle box, including down payment assistance and first time home buyer options. You can ask Hella back. He trusted us to help finance his home. Contact the Dream Team today by searching Supreme Lending Dream Team or click the link below in the description or scan the QR code on your screen.
0: We're back. Yeah, I don't know. I keep hearing rates are creeping down. So if you made a purchase lately, you need a refi, you could... Hit it, my buddy, Aaron, or, what you know, when you win an Elite Series event this year, Wesley, and you're ready to invest in, like, a new house, I'm sure my buddy, Aaron, would help hook you up, so. <laughs>
2: <laughs> hey, I may need one up there. The fishing's a lot better up there in the summer than down here. Yeah, I mean, they they they're, they can do uh, rates all
0: over the country, so it doesn't just happen. So. All right, so, yeah, okay, well, this is a good lead-off question with Ed, timely. Uh, you got a travel partner lined up, and are you more of a rental motel hotel campground
2: guy? What's what's your style on the road? Who I, are you really, with? I, I the past few years we've done Airbnbs. Uh, I think I'm going to go with that route for this year, and I actually have another part or angler. I'm actually going to travel with Kyle Patrick, so uh, we're going to travel. I think yeah. most of the events together. Did you travel with him some in the opens? Then already? Oh, uh, we just no, we haven't. Uh, we just okay. we just kind of. I think we work good together. We kind of talked to each other in the past. So I think it'll be a good connection. You know, we're we're a little bit different in terms of – I was going to say, I feel like you guys are yin and where he's like up here and you're down here. You guys can balance each other out a little bit. Yeah, that's what I was saying. He's a little little too excited sometimes. So I try to keep him a little more down low, like calm down. It's okay. (laughs) So have you heard about how uh,
0: Kyle eats on the road when he comes in at night at dinner? Like oh, he, no. be to, he, like, eats, like, a, a whale, I guess, like, just ferocious at night. It don't like, surprise eats, me. like, three dinners at a time.
2: I, I, it don't surprise me. I mean, I'll be honest with you. Every time I've ever stopped on the water to talk to him, he's always eating. So, I don't know how much fishing he actually does whenever he's actually practicing. I think he just eats beef jerky the whole time. Nice.
0: Shane says he just uh, hit you up on IG. So, yeah, you guys, if you guys think want to follow Wesley next year, you can hit him up, Wesley Gore fishing on Instagram and the people watch on Instagram can, can do that as well. Uh, so I think let's see, there was a couple other questions here. Uh, Justin Waterman wants to know what leak on the schedule uh, do you look forward to next year? And are you going to pre-practice at any events?
2: Uh, pre-practice is probably going to be something that I actually do a little bit this year. Uh, Not a whole lot. I kind of just want to see where I stand without the practice and then go from there. Like I said, I've never pre-practiced before for an open. Uh, The only one that I may go pre-practice for is uh, a fork, and it's not so much for the fishing, it's just for navigation. Because that place, uh, I mean, that's the only place I've never been that we're going. I'll take that back. Never been to the St. John's. That's the only other one. I've been to the rest of them. But uh, I may go to the fork just to learn how to ride around on it. I think that's a victory within itself. It's just learning how to run from one end of the lake to the other end without hitting anything. But uh, in terms of, uh, I forgot the other part of the question. What was the other part of it, real quick? Uh, favorite stop? Your oh, what stop are you looking Smith. forward to? That was out Smith Lake. Uh, that's the one I have the most experience on. I like the way that one sets up. I'm more of a grinder kind of guy. I don't like the 25 and 30 pound bags. I like you know 14, 15. You put me in that range and that wins. Just I'm gonna catch them so there you go the the
0: the inside fantasy fishing scoop is uh wesley gore's your guy for smith lake
2: i ain't gonna take it that far but we're, we're gonna catch him there i i'm a
0: i'm a fancy fishing pundit i'm gonna go ahead and put that in my notes and make sure you're on the <laughs> roster for
2: i spent a lot of time there so I, I definitely have more hours there probably than anywhere we're going and i got a lot of hours on harris and some of the other ones but i guess do you f-
0: have you fished Smith? Much in the summer, like that, like you hear yeah. a lot of people, like we don't go out during the daytime that time of year. Like, are, are people, like, I've heard that it's going to be like absolutely be insane boat traffic and just like, I mean, it's like, you better catch about- them early or you might be in trouble.
2: <laughs> yeah, I could see that. Uh, it it gets pretty chaotic out there. I actually, never fished there that late in the year. I've been there several times in May, but uh the problem with smith is it's huge but it's no wider than like 200 yards the whole thing so and it's straight bluff so all the weight boats are gonna be running around it's just gonna bounce back and forth all day and you're just gonna be in a big washing machine so it will get very tough after about 10 when they get out (laughs) on the water can we just hope for like
0: uh, a rainy drizzly cloudy days while you're there right like like you don't want Chamber of Commerce weather. You literally want the most miserable weather possible just to keep the, the boat traffic down.
2: Uh, for me, I don't want that. I want it to be sunny. Uh, <laughs> I don't want it to be overcast. But I, for all of us, yes, we want that so all the for boaters can safety reasons. Uh, I just, the herring Fish don't like the overcast very much. Sure. Uh, yeah, I've, I've heard that's going to be an adventure for sure. That'll be unique. Um, uh, I still, I'm not convinced you can win with all herring Fish in that one. I still think you're going to have to, you know, catch largemouth. If we get, you know, rain all week, then largemouth will definitely win that tournament. And that's not what I want at all. I want, I want you to have to go out there and catch spots. Yeah,
0: interesting. I had another thought, but it escaped me. I was about to say it. Was it? Hmm.
2: Yeah. I guess the good thing is when we go to Fork and all that stuff, I mean, well, the, Smith's going to make up for the front half of the season when we don't have to worry about boat traffic. You know, mm-hmm. so if, we're, if we're not getting beat up too bad in the first few from boat traffic, Smith will make up for it. So we'll, we'll get get our chances to get beat up from them.
0: Oh, I was gonna say. I was gonna say maybe the Alabama Bass Council can can put up some barricades <laughs> at the ramps and keep the uh, the uh, the the recreational anglers off. They'll do hey. do you guys a solid and, and hey, control I'll, things.
2: I'll, I'll take that if he'll do that.
0: Shout out to uh, to Slick Johnson. Let's see if we can uh, make something happen to
2: protect the elite anglers come uh, come summertime on Smith Lake. He'll probably he'll probably be, be pestering us out there on Wheeler. Oh, slick. You know, he might come over there to Smith. That ain't too far. Oh yeah, I mean, he's a big TikToker. He's got to be there now. Like that's part of the team. All
0: right, let's see here. Are you, are you at all concerned with the shortened practice and not pre-practicing and, <laughs> and your style of idling? You think it's going to serve you just as well in a in a two and a half day versus a four and a half day practice?
2: I, my hopes are that what i find on the first two days will actually be there where it hasn't been in the past so you know the problem's not necessarily finding stuff you know in the first few days it's the problem is it changes and i'm interested to see if it's because of the time period or because of the pressure you know i, I think it's more because dude the opens are insane i'm so used to fishing like you know, there was times this year I didn't fish around anybody, but there was also times where I had somebody six foot to my right and t- one ten foot to my left. You know, it was like, "Hey, are you gonna cast?" "Yeah, all right, I'm gonna cast next after you." <laughs> I mean, right, it, it, that's how it is. So, you want the
0: one on the right
2: or the one on the left? Okay, <laughs> Which one do you want to throw at? I, I guess you You're just like blondes or brunettes. I'm not picky. <laughs> I guess. <but. laughs> it's crazy. So I, I'm interested to see kind of how it does. You know, and I may have to change. I'm sure I'll have to change things kind of. How, based on what I've done in the past. But, you know, I think I'll still be fine with the two and a half days of practice. That's never been necessarily a problem for me. I wish the opens you know, all year and in the past was a shortened practice, you know. It just gets you go out there. Like they're, they're, they're trending that way. They're that. Yeah, yeah, they're trending that way. It just You get out there and you look at the same like lake for five days and, dude, you run out of stuff like I do every time, like. And then like the way that I do things, you know, the way if I run out of stuff with what I'm looking at, you know, I, I told you kind of what I look for, you know, then I'll like flip, you know, if I'm completely not around nothing, which this year I seem to never find myself in that situation when I practice the way we talked about this year, you No, know, but in the past and I would change the opposite ends of the lake. So that never worked. I always just pick an end of the lake, you know, look for the flatter places and that's how I go about my practice. Which you run out of that stuff quickly. You will be shocked, no matter how big. Yeah, if you're it, being on a very specific creek style, they, yeah, there's there's you know, only and, so many of those. And it's not necessarily it. Obviously, the creeks just they were very. Uh, that was a big thing this year, but I also tried to apply it to the river. You know, river flats we talked about that was a big deal. If I could find like the inside bend of like a river channel bend, you know, or extended flat down the inside bend, you know, I would scan that stuff in the vicinity of the creeks I was fishing. Now, I just try to get somewhere, and what I've learned in the past, the way I fish, if I'm gonna crank the motor 80 times, let's make sure that when you crank them, that you're only running X amount of X amount of distance to the next place instead of running five miles that way, ten miles that way. You know, let's try to find everything pretty close if you want to crank it 80 times. Yeah, you want
0: a milk run. You don't want to be. Yes zigzagging back and forth
2: <laughs> no, i used to be the worst at that i'd, I'd run all the way down here and when fish five or six things and run all the way back up here then back down there then back up there i i don't I got, even do got, that I anymore i got a
0: buddy dave ham sometimes he watches shout out if you're watching dave but like it was crazy he'd be like and then like 10 minutes later he's back across the lake the other way and then
2: like and it's like yeah, just that that, That's me. me. Uh, I felt terrible for my uh, my camera guy at Harris and at Watts, especially Watts Bar. He would literally get up and get the camera going for live. And, like, my mom and dad, they were watching. They were like, we didn't see you on live. I was like, "I was like, there was literally a 45-minute span that I pulled up somewhere and made a cast and left. He he would get up on the deck and get it. Here. I was like, we're leaving. I'd pick the troll motor up. You're like, it didn't, the, the, the fish didn't react. He wasn't home. <laughs> you know, more times than not, it was, I just didn't see one, you know, that, that place was pretty crazy. Uh, it got beat up pretty quick. There were some places that had some groups of fish and, you know, they were, they did not replenish like at all. Like they slowly got decimated by the day. So there was places that had, you know, several fish on it the first few days that didn't have anything the last day. And I was like, yeah, we're going to have to move somewhere else. Yeah. all right gator wants to know what's your what's your favorite uh reel and rod brands Uh, i will be shimano for reels and uh hammer rods uh that's the rod brand i use Uh, i've been with them the last year and a half i actually run a dowel wrap boat in the past or but this year it will not i will be shimano and uh hammer nice
0: friendly canadian frank wants to know uh what's one technique you wouldn't use Fun fishing, even if it guarantees you'll catch them.
2: Well, one thing, when is there fun anything fishing? like you just can't stand a fish and like you won't do it unless you absolutely like just ah, dude? Uh, Carolina rig that is like I cannot stand the ball and chain, it just you can't make it go fast enough. <laughs> like, if you I do put, like
0: a two ounce tungsten on your Carolina rig and just like
2: drag it, dude, I don't, I can, I can count the number of bass I've caught on a Carolina rig on one hand, like it is. That is my least favorite thing to ever do, you know, in terms of just doing stuff, you know, well, panoptics things is worth in on me, too, or the four-facing so sonar deal. Uh, I I was fishing a tournament the other day with my buddy, and, like, I told him, I said, dude, if I knew we could get 30 bites swimming a jig or and 30 bites panning, but if we only caught 15 pounds swimming a jig and I knew we were going to catch 18 panning, I would catch the 15 pounds swimming a jig over the 18 pounds panning. Like it's just the same thing every time. Like I just whatever, you know. I go do it because you got to do it. But if I if I could go catch something close to the same doing something else, I 100 will go do the other, 100. percent Nice.
0: Uh, Brendan, we talked earlier. He's not a big bait guy. He he loves the, he leaves the big baits for Milliken and, and the others.
2: <laughs> um, I, I do. I throw uh, like I said. I I make things that? a little bit. I say I make things a little bigger, but I'm not a big bait person. Like I, yeah, I, you
0: like bigger pro, like you like power fishing. You like big spinner baits, big chatter baits, things like yeah, that. But like you're not it, out seven, eight, eight here, inch, nine inch glides.
2: No, even the Demikiri got through. Like all these guys throw like a three inch one. I don't do that. I throw a five inch one and a six inch one. That's what I throw.
0: Hmm.
1: I know.
2: Scott,
0: to so know any nerves about an elite rolling up on your spot, and uh, if so, who would you
2: be the most intimidated by ah uh, i'm not necessarily uh, lee lives probably the most intimidating. he's a big old dude but uh i'm not really worried about any of them you know it is what it is i've been around all that stuff so if they want to come in i'll just wave them in you know i'm not gonna have a problem with nobody as long as they don't have a problem with me so i'm pretty easy guy to work around i suppose in alabama you've had plenty of guys in that like you've you've probably fished around a bunch of these guys at one time or another and oh yeah dude the amount of local i guess professionals that are here is amazing you got scott canterbury uh clint davis justin hamner uh josh strassner did live here will davis that's fishing it now i'm probably forgetting some i mean that's just the ones up dustin which he fishes the mlf i mean dustin lives or he did live 15 minutes down the road from me so
0: nice cool oh let's see here yeah so we will we'll touch on some i got some some battery giveaways later so stay tuned for those um let's see here i think one of your uh maybe they asked like who do you model your fishing at didn't you say like when you're talking to mercer that you kind of feel like like Jason Christie is like like you like the fish I, I like the like or... roots
2: fisherman. That's like who my my what I would compare my roots to. You know like your you young know, my... self. You're... Yeah, you know like he just he makes it keeps it simple. I'm not saying he can't do the other stuff, but like he's the best go down the bank with a jig and spinner bait guy that you'll ever watch. It's amazing to watch him. You know, and I that's how I grew up fishing for the first several years of what I've done. You know, was those exact two baits. You know not necessarily the exact kind and stuff but the same concept to kind of what he does you know pitching at isolated targets and covering water with a spinnerbait that's that's what you used to do here the water stayed dirty and that's how you fished and now it's gin clear and it can see the bottom if you're in less than six foot so it's changed a little bit <laughs>
0: right on yeah I, I don't know like some of these new age anglers actually like say that like staring at graphs and watching the blobs is their favorite way but like no i mean kidding. i'll do it if i have to but like i'd much rather just like
2: I, I do it a lot upper. i do it a whole lot so i don't I, I definitely am a scoper You know or whatever you want to call me or whatnot but i do it because i have to and i'm good at it you know if i was to not have used it then i wouldn't have got where i got i didn't want really ever fish on it this year i actually had a question a few Weeks ago, they asked me, how many fish did you weigh in throughout the opens that were, you know, live scope oriented or not? You know, and I said it was probably 50-50. You know, I actually did catch half of my fish this are not looking at it. You know, and I kind of keep it honest. I try to do both things. I try to find something without it and something with it. But it's definitely not my favorite thing, but uh, it is what it is. That's what that's what we have to do now. And I'm OK with it. You know, I do enjoy it. But if it becomes repetitive you throw you know at a dot and you know depending on where it's at in the water column you throw different baits and what you're trying to mimic you know you do different things with it there is a lot of science that goes into it it's not just you throw it and see it I mean I know I said that earlier with you know top target oriented fish or fish that are related to the bottom that doesn't have another character when I say that or a factor like current or something you pretty much can throw something over there and if you hit him he's either gonna bite or he's not but you know, it gets a lot more interesting when you're fishing for suspended fish or fish that are in current or just fish that are related to something in current. It, it's just a lot different. I, the suspended fish is a lot more fun to me than target oriented fish.
0: So you, you were saying earlier, like if they're on a target, you just basically flip to them and they either eat it or they don't.
2: Uh, uh, that's what Whereas I,
0: like. It's like you feel like the suspended fish, you can, there's more of a cat and mouse. You can try oh, different 100%, things.
2: Yeah. 100%. I catch thousands every year suspended here and I mean literally thousands of them and I throw it lots of fish every day and I still don't catch everyone in my sea. Like you, if people, you know, I'm going to say it that way. If, if everybody just got out there and looked, I don't know if this is everywhere, but here where we live, a lot of people are against it and they won't go out there, but the people that are doing it are winning. There is so many bass in our lake that it would blow your mind. There is, thousands you cannot go anywhere in the river and not and shut your you can run down the river and shut your boat down and throw this hole underwater and you can see bass there's that many you know but the thing is now is what i've learned with it is you know everybody's starting to do it they're catching on to it so there's ways to make yourself better at it uh obviously you can kind of i can't tell you that fish is eight pounds but you can tell the length of a fish really well on it uh, so, you can tell it's a bigger fish. So, I'm a lot more uh, picky about what I do throw at. But the bigger fish do send this trend to sit in different places in the water column than the smaller fish. I will say that. That's interesting. We catch. Uh, well, we
0: well, I guess, oh, go ahead. Are we going to touch on?
2: Uh, what I was saying is the. Uh, the fish that we catch, like they're not like what everybody thinks. Like we'll be sitting in like 50 or 60 foot and we catch them three foot deep. They're all on the surface. So that's just something here, but I mean, that's, and they're all singles or doubles. They're not big groups. It's, you know, 15 to 30 foot. There'll be groups of 30 to 50 swimming and you can catch them all day and you're going to have five, three pounders, but every bite you get almost on the surface is a four pounder. You know, So there's, there's things around it.
0: guess what What kind of electronic setups do you have on your boat how do you how do you say you like a four graph guy a nine graph guy you mixing brands
2: like i'll have five units this year uh in the past i've only had four but i'll be running five and i'll have hummingbird so so
0: everything hummingbird mega live the whole deal the whole deal mega
2: 360 yep mega 360 i'll have everything
0: Lauren wants to know if you've ever made it up to the north country at all.
2: I have been up north, but I have not ice fished. Uh, I see that at the bottom, and I've never ice fished. I've actually never been with a sack cold. so uh, Easton's always picked on me about coming up there when he goes home and uh, going ice fishing, but I just can't make myself do it yet. <laughs> it,
0: it, it's a bucket list thing. It's worth doing once, but I always say ice is for cocktails, not for fishing.
2: Huh, fair enough.
0: You know, I, I, I enjoy hey, Lauren, it. I do have something for ice fisher anglers a little giveaway later tonight so stay tuned we asked you about what what your event you're most looking forward to is there any one that make you nervous on the schedule
2: mm-hmm. wheeler or just not. You know, it's, it's probably to wheeler's probably the one that's gonna be the one i dread and it's just because of how small it's gonna fish that's the craziest place i've ever been and i've been there several times it's just right up the road but it's like every bass on that in that lake lives on like eight places, and like this, and the two mile stretch, ninety percent of them live in a two mile stretch, and they live on eight places. So you just that was like this year when we were there. There was forty boats thrown at a place the size of a car, and I was in the dead middle of the pack. And I, I mean, I knew every place that had fish. Like a lot of people did, and that was the problem. Everybody knew them, and I was like boat one twenty one day, and like ninety the next day, and. I'm just and I just throw my hands up. You can't get in on nothing or do nothing, so you just gotta kinda of figure out something. I mean, obviously you can go and fish around and get bit, but you're gonna get hammered, dude. The big ones live on most places and that's just what it is.
0: Dreaded middle. You couldn't get to anything, you're just like stuck in the middle.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 purgatory. I, I I never drew a boat number below ninety or later than 140 all year i drew i fished in the middle of the pack all year it it was crazy oh dude that was that was crazy you know just being that in the middle of the pack you know every tournament you you hope that at least like a couple of them you're gonna get like your choice or something i never got that so no that that trended later in the year uh i had to start finding some more stuff that was more off the wall uh than in the past uh
0: So you, you basically started adjusting your practice. You're like, if I'm just going to be in the middle, I got to start. Like, I might as well just when I see a hundred fish piled up on a point, just oh, you just forget about it. That's like, what I do. I'll, I'll put a dot on it, but I know I ain't getting to it, so we might as well find the where they're. What's the sneaky little stump when they get
2: hammered that a few of them are going to go sit on
0: after they get pushed off it? Like,
2: and and that's how I had to like practice. Like I started practicing more that way, and that made me practice more for the isolated target deal. Uh it's because of how I seen that trending. The only tournament like it was, you follow it. Was, this was the probably one of the craziest things ever. I was like 120 or 119 and I was like 116 the next day. And I caught every fish I weighed in off the biggest community hole in the lake. And I was the only boat that fished it. That was the only time that ever happened, you know. But anyway, most of the time I would get somewhere and I'd be like, oh, there's five boats already there. So I'd just go and keep riding, you know. At Wheeler, like I passed all eight of the places that I wanted to fish, and there was like five to ten boats on every one of them, and I just kept going. Before I knew it, I was way, way down the river. <laughs>
0: nice. Uh, Gator says, "So, did you fish all four years at Montavello,
2: and then like what, what no. did college fishing teach you? You only fished a little bit at Montavello, or uh, I went for a year and a half. Uh, the only reason I went to college was to get experience traveling the country." learning some different bodies of water. My whole game plan since I was young was to try to make it to the elite. So that's been, I mean, since I was 12, that's been my dream. So, you know, I went to college uh, and uh, fished as many places as I could. And as soon as the places started becoming uh, repetitive and they started scheduling the same events every year, I was like, I'm done. You know, I've been to this place four or five times. I mean, maybe I can learn something, but, you know, I got to, I understand what's going on. So, once I had been to several places over a period of time, I kind of changed, and I dropped—I guess—dropped I guess dropped out of school, you know, which is crazy. I was actually a valedictorian in high school, all that stuff, you know. Went to college, thought, nah, the stall is going to do great things, and it's just not for me.
0: I thought you were going to say I only went to college to meet girls.
2: Oh, yeah, you know. <laughs> man, I, <laughs> I've been with the same girl for years. There you go, high school sweetheart. Oh yeah,
0: nice uh so any 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 i guess whether any was there anything that you,
2: good or bad you learned from your year and a half in college fishing uh i mean obviously you can learn about the lakes itself uh you, that's experience that you can only gain by going you know so that's the good thing uh, i seen I, I wouldn't say there's nothing necessarily negative about the college fishing you know it's a good atmosphere but uh, it's a totally different competitive level when you step outside of it uh it, it definitely gets a lot more difficult and a lot of the thing is is like when you you go from college you got 30 of the 200 boats that are competitive you got 150 of the 225 and your next step that's competitive so that's the biggest difference
0: so kind of like learning how to travel learning how to fish uh tournaments like college is a way to do that a little bit less expensively not so much on your dime to like yeah, I've learned some of those mistakes on how to practice how to go to new water how to travel uh, that kind of stuff
2: yeah it just allows you to see how the lake sets up it allows you to you know you got a limited time period to practice you can learn how to break down a lake that you've never been to you go to places that you know where we grew up we didn't have a whole lot of heron fishing or you know a smallmouth so you get to venture off and try to learn different styles of fishing you know on someone else's dollar which makes it nice you know there's some stuff that you always have to pay for it depends on where you go but that was the good deal as long as that you're uh, competitive and do good, you know, they're, they're pretty lenient about going and letting you fish, you know, William, which is the coach over at Montevallo. He's got, I mean, he's turned that place into a heck of a program. So, I mean, he's just done a fine job with, it. he's got a bunch of good kids over there.
0: Nice. Uh, and then you got to learn like Easton's drop shot setup. So that was it. Ah, Yeah. <laughs>
2: Uh Easton in his drop shot. He's a big old dude that want to throw a spinning rod all the time. You know that? He's like 6'6 and I mean skinny and he chooses to throw a spinning rod. It's amazing. I think, I think lanky is the term you use to describe somebody like that. Yeah, I guess you could call him lanky. He thinks he's filled out, but he's not. <laughs> all right. So uh Kevin
0: from K and K Customs wants to give away a hundred dollar gift certificate and he wants you to to think
2: back, what was your favorite question of the night? Oh man, what was my favorite boat snack? Boat snack. I was trying to the... figure out the question that was.
0: What's... It was the, the the little diabetes question.
2: Yeah. Uh, yeah,
0: I don't have it starred. Still, I don't know. Somebody's gonna
2: have to be honest and tell me who uh, who asked that question. I mean, that one was off subject, not not completely, but it was an interesting question. They thought about that. It was pretty neat.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I think you said Honey buns were your favorite little Debbie type snack. Right? <laughs> yeah. Do they even do they make a honey
2: bun, little Debbie's, or is that like hostess or I don't even know? Just hostess, I think. Or I, I don't even know. I just bomb when I see little honey bun, I just grab the box. I couldn't tell you who actually makes it. No. I try to stay away from that aisle whenever I go and get stuff, you know. I there for a long time I just ate out every night when I traveled, but towards the end of the year I actually went shopping and Got stuff, so it seemed to be more of a trend towards the end of the year that I tend to pick up a box of them every You're time next. I went
0: this one Michael Bradley oh, yeah. on our snack, please don't say little diabetes, <laughs> <laughs> Michael Bradley, get a hold of me. I'll put you in touch with Kevin and you got your a uh oh he says give it to somebody else. Oh, Actually, I think he did all right now
2: yeah. right. <laughs> the. Now i got to think of another question. Otherwise we can just do it –
0: otherwise we can do it random. I can put up a
2: Uh, – Let's go to the guy that asked several questions in a row. He was asking me uh, my bait setups and stuff like that. I forgot. He asked several questions earlier. Was it? He was talking about, I think, my favorite bait and stuff. He asked three or four in a row.
0: Wasn't Scott – was it Scott Bowers? Yep,
2: that was it. Yeah, that was all right.
0: Scott Bowers. Hit me up on Instagram or Facebook Messenger, uh, and I'll put you in touch with Kevin. You got yourself a
2: $100 at uh, K&K Customs. He said, he's quick. I'll take it. <laughs> I was going to say, if he didn't take it, if he didn't take it, then it was going to be, uh it was going to have to, Man. I guess, you were going to have to random draw it. <laughs> yeah. 5477,
0: 7, Nathan, you are not being honest. It wasn't you. <laughs> um uh, you you uh you like balsa do you like yeah. balsa cranks yeah any old sneaky
2: cranks that you're kind of uh there's several of them i big i like balsa a lot in the springtime and uh i guess early spring and winter i throw them a lot i, I have a collection of old zoom crankbaits. so WECs. I, yep i throw them a, a good bit uh just depends on the situation uh but you know, if I, I guess New Age, the only, I guess, shallow crankbait that i throw a ton, you know, that's Balsa would be, uh, I guess, or a Palace would. not I mean, I'm assuming it's Balsa.
1: Yeah.
0: Nice. Well, I appreciate you coming on and sharing some juice tonight. For the people that came in late here, we are going to do a little bit of a giveaway here in a few minutes, but. Uh, Wesley, I thought, gave some pretty insightful juice early on when we only had like 50, 60 people on. So if you came in late, I'd, I'd definitely suggest catching the replay, whether it's on Facebook or, or YouTube or you can search Halabas on your favorite MP3. He, I think he gave some good uh, going to a new lake pre and how he breaks it down. It was pretty interesting. So definitely worth catching that out. Um, and uh, I don't know, but we'll wish you luck on the elites. Uh, and uh, yeah, I think it'll be fun to watch you and the rest of the rookie class. I know everybody has Pretty high expectations for this year's rookie class, and I think uh, I think for good reason.
2: Yeah, I think uh, maybe we can show them that we can catch them without a, a screen on all the time.
1: Yeah, that'd be that's, cool. probably,
2: that's probably the biggest battle for us. We got we got to prove that we can catch one without a screen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, y'all will see me this year going down the bank? I promise I'll be going down the bank at some point. I, I can't not do it at some point. It's still in my blood. Right on. That's
0: awesome. Well, appreciate you taking the time. I'll let you get back to it and uh, we're going to hang on here for a while and, and and talk about the giveaways for some, some powerhouse lithium here, but uh, take care and uh, stay in touch. Yeah. Thank you, man. All right. Take it easy. All right. Well, that was awesome. Jesus. Uh, I'm rooting for Wesley over Milliken. I don't know. There's a lot of good guys. Uh, I think uh, Robert Gee is another guy that hasn't got a lot of love. Maybe I'll try to get him on in January before things are going. Um, So you're probably wondering what these giveaways are all about. So a couple things. Uh, Tonight, we are going to give away a uh, 12-volt, 6-amp-hour powerhouse lithium battery tonight, randomly here shortly. So let me just pull that up. So basically, uh, I I got a text from good buddy RJ. He was feeling super Christmassy. And he was like, I, we need to give away some, some lithium batteries on, uh, the stream here. Like for the, 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 the visor gang, hellabass, the crew. And we, we kind of landed that he, uh, because we're up in the North woods, guys like Frank and you ice fishing guys, uh, they have a new 12 volt, six amp hour lithium that is it's supposed to be half the weight of a lead, four times longer lifespan. It's supposed to last thirty percent longer running your flashers and stuff. It's kind of really designed for vexlars. I think you could run other graphs on it. It's literally six inches by three inches by four inches. It's like this big. Uh, Sixty dollar value plus you'll throw in a charger. So it'll be with shipping, it'll be like right at a hundred dollars for this bundle. Um, that's the thing, Derek. We don't have great ice. You don't want to be carrying that heavy Vexlar battery. You get this little tiny light lithium and you can get out on skinnier ice. I think that's how it works, right? <laughs> um, so, yeah, it, it's mainly designed for a uh, Vexlar. It definitely could be used for other things. You could make it into a little power box if you're not an ice fisherman. Right. You could use it to, like, charge cell phones in the boat, run other kind of stuff, maybe GoPros. Uh, and that kind of thing. So if if you're not really interested don't enter it there'll be enough. we have another battery here Aquaview, that would be a good uh a good use of this yeah, yeah. why why isn't a j giving away one tens
1: uh,
0: but uh yeah so this is is kind of designed for that uh kayak it'd be great for a little power box and a kayak lots of options here uh So I think what we're talking about, Tim, the the next giveaway, you might be interested in because there's another giveaway we'll talk about. So this is the first part of it. Tonight, uh, live on stream here, very shortly, we'll give away this $100 value, uh, 12-volt, 6-amp bundle. uh, Really targeted for ice fishermen, but obviously we already talked about some other uses. So we'll do a random draw here in a little bit. The next thing is, RJ also wants to do a 16-volt, nope, not that one, sorry, 16-volt, 48-amp hour. So this is a $525 battery um, with a charger. So I think with charger shipping, it'll be at least $600. So this one is designed to run basically two 12 inch graphs and in a live scope plus the box for a whole day. Uh, so this could be, this could be for anybody that like wants to retrofit their boat, add it onto their existing setup, uh, kayak, like, tons of things you could do it's 16 volts so you, this is mainly for electronics you wouldn't want to like, try to like charge your cell phone off a 16 volt i don't think like i think uh so uh but this is going to be a little bit where this is going to be kind of a uh a progression so how we're going to do this is to be eligible step one will be you need to be a uh a, a channel member so you have to either join team hella Visor gang either, if you if you're down you can look you can join the channel um, and you can join the channel for as little as $2.99 a month. This is not like a huge money grab here, but this is really to reward like the really like dedicated fans of the Hellabass, the live, that kind of stuff. So that's step one. There's there's like several of you that are already uh, channel members. So if you want to join, and we're going to basically do this, the giveaway will happen in January. So either an existing uh, channel member or you become a channel member in the next week or two. And then you go and make a, a purchase of any size on Omnia using my code. And so that's why we're running it in December and January. Because I know a lot of you have already used the code to Omnia uh, in December. So you can just take a screenshot either using the December code down on the screen or when we have the new code in January. And then they just message me on like Facebook or Instagram or uh, send me an email with a little screenshot. It could be like I bought one pack of, uh, you know, plastics for $5. Send me a screenshot. It just shows me that you're kind of supporting uh the, the companies that we work with um so yeah you have a, you get the channel membership you get a cool little little membership uh on your name then you get like some other perks uh things like that like daniel and others and basically what what else you get with the membership is you get special badges uh special emojis i do at least one live uh for members only a year plus i try to do some other things i don't know for for a few bucks a month i think uh most of people find quite a bit of value in it and i do a lot of giveaways um on that kind of stuff so yeah so basically you become a member or you're already a member you make a purchase at omni in the next couple weeks either using the december code or the january code and then we'll see what kind of like pool we end up i don't know if we're going to end up with like 10 people that do that or like 50 people but then we're going to whittle it down in january like so basically everybody that sends me that screenshot will be an entry and then i'll figure out a way to like pare it down and my my vision is that we will Live trivia for the final, like to win the battery, and then everybody that makes the final night, I'll get like a, a hoodie or something from Powerhouse Lithium. I don't know. Does that sound cool? I know I'm making it a little bit complicated, but this is like a $600 giveaway. Like I want to make it worth it, and I want to like kind of stretch it out and like give people time to get in. Right? Like I don't want to make it like one night. You're like oh man, I wasn't there that one night, and uh, like can't make it. Yeah, AJ. Like that's the other thing is like, <laughs> uh. uh These are things that a lot of you already do other than screenshotting the the codes at Omnia. So I don't think I'm like making this like some big thing, but I just want to really reward the people that are most active. So that's that giveaway. Um, Yeah, so that's right. Daniel used your code yesterday. So you could go back and send the screenshot from yesterday, you already remember, right? I'll accept like if you've used the December code and you can still like screenshot your order, go ahead and submit that. Or if you haven't, you can use it uh, like now or maybe the, you know, then, I'll I'll guide you through it the next couple weeks on how we we get down there. Um, And uh, yeah, I think somebody said, that's a huge giveaway. Uh, Nick says it's totally worth it. Greg says, sounds real good. Um, Trivia I'm in. So that, and then also, you know, keeps the random on it. So Carol will have to earn it. She can't just automatically win like every other. uh, I see that I'm getting a, a message already on somebody entering. So. Uh, I can, uh, you can blur out what you bought. You just have to show that there was an Omnia order, uh, that kind of stuff. So hopefully that's clear. Let me know if there's any questions. Um, There's a lot of cool, so you can see a lot of people are putting up the member emojis in the the YouTube chat. That doesn't show when I put it like StreamYard, the one thing I don't like is they can't get their their API to pull in the uh, custom emojis, but uh, you should be able to see them in the YouTube chat. So yeah, that that's the setup. And I think it'll be fun. We'll have a lot of fun with it. Uh super generous. Um so I think there was a question. Uh <laughs> yeah, not quite that easy, Gene. Um if you're if you're interested in becoming a member, it's basically just hit join down below. If you're on a mobile device, you might have to hide the live chat to see it. Um see here so one of the questions justin asked like uh just put a 126 sv and an yesterday. 34 what powerhouse battery do i need to do that so this 16 volt right here would be a good start this 48 amp hour like that would be uh the ultimate power source that 16 volt run, runs that garmin box a little hotter and you get a better clearer picture and this battery is probably the smallest one you would run to run uh, a, a big like a 12 inch unit in a live skill um, that would be my recommendation. If you have additional questions, I would just give Powerhouse a call. Uh, RJ and others answer the phone, and they'll walk you through it for sure. Um, also, there is a code, HB10. If you don't want to wait around and see if you're going to win it, uh, you can use that code anytime you want to save a few bucks at powerhouselithium.com. Um see what else. Uh, so, yeah, we're going to give away the... Uh, the ice the vexlar battery here so if you got anybody's that are ice fishing buddies uh yeah that's fine i see that daniel
1: uh, uh, i don't i mean like uh that's a good question why
0: is this not showing why am i it's being buggy. i can't pull up a different comment
1: Trying to pull up Gator, Gator wants to know
0: this is weird. Never had this problem before, but won't hide the all right. Gator says, Don't you see what we buy with our code now? I do not see the individual orders for people's codes. I do have uh analytics where I can see aggregate, like I don't see individual orders, but I can see that, like, uh, over a certain time period that, like. You know, twenty green pumpkin Evo chatterbaits were bought, and four Dobbins seven thirty fours, or three. Like I can see that kind of stuff, but I can't see like individually. Like AJ bought four hundred rock crawlers. No, I can't see that. Uh, let's see here. There we go. RJ says the sixteen forty eight will run at one twenty six live scope, a little over twenty hours. So there you go. Um, and if you get the running gun system for your boat then it basically will run forever as long as you're firing up the uh, the boat a little bit. Gene wants to know RJ while you're here is the 36 volt 50 amp enough to run an Ultrex all day? I think it should be. Um because I run 240s um and never like can barely put a dent in them to be honest with the running guns.
1: Um if I can see the discount yeah, I'll, I'll figure it out. Just if you've used it, look back at your order. Um, Saniviser. Kevin,
0: there you go. Showing off your uh, 17th month membership. Um, I think a 16 volt would not do wonders for your uh, your tiller toy motor. I'm guessing that would be a bad deal. uh for reference three brand new group 31 laters well, ultron motor is 55 amp hours so 150 amp um 36 is what i think what you're saying is basically the same as most 331 agms
1: yeah i don't know i didn't get an update on my
0: uh uh lower unit parts and i think uh Intune is closed for the, uh, the Christmas season. So, um, all right, Sean's in. He's like looking to get this battery for red lake here. All right. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Anybody, anybody want to send the, uh, make and uh, send me a Santa visor. Uh, their starting battery does have an emergency start. Uh, Nathan. Our house only has a 3660.
1: There you go.
0: Daniel figured it out. All right. So let's let's look at this uh back to the uh the 12 volt. I think it just go to ice batteries here. Uh I missed it. No. Oh, oh, oh. oh there we go. So let's let's get this way. And there's another fun thing here. Uh if you don't win today, <laughs> uh Eric you'll take that up with RJ on whether he does uh trade-ins but uh good luck. <laughs> um so as a promo as we're getting into ice fishing season and because these ice fishing batteries these Vexlar batteries are kind of new to Powerhouse if you add this to the cart it's a normal 60 bucks you will see that it actually rings up at 42 bucks so 30% off. So if you don't win and you really want one of these batteries they are 30% off if you add them to your cart. Um uh, so
1: pretty good deal. I did sell a visor on whatnot last week.
0: Um nice Lauren. Um, so, let's uh let's do the uh the drawing here for the uh the 12 volt 6 amp hour. Let me get this uh pulled up.
1: here yeah.
0: Yeah, if you guys are watching on Instagram, now is the time to to head over to uh, YouTube while you still have time. So, uh, we'll,
1: we'll keep this nice and short here. Hashtag
0: ice. There you go. Adam says he'll try it in his uh, Florida fishing kayak. Yeah. Uh So, what people get in here, obviously then I'll need your if you win I'll need your information and then i'll I'll connect you with uh r j and then uh we'll uh he'll get it shipped out Should get it before the new year's here <clears throat> looks like we got more ice fishermen than I expected. It's like 32 people already getting in. Jig Squad, are you an ice fisherman? Okay, we got Closet Ice Fisherman coming out of the woodworks here. So obviously you have to be a subscriber as well to the channel to win this tonight. Facebook gang, Chad, old soul, likes to watch on Facebook.
1: Jig Squad says he'll make a battery box out of it. Little, little boost box. There you go. Yeah, be a good way to hook up a GoPro. Lots of good ideas.
0: Yeah, in the cocktails.
1: Or keep your crawfish cool.
0: Yeah. Could be a small fish finder battery for sure. Yeah, I don't think we're doing a an ice show, Marty. Sorry. Um you only have to type it in once. You're eligible. Looks like about half the people. Could have used that on red last Sunday. Did you catch them? Did you get into the eyes, the perch? I saw Soapy's been up on red.
1: Shout out to Powerless Lithium for uh, helping us out.
0: we got 43. We'll give it maybe until uh, 33 after to get in. I will say, uh, yeah, so only a few more days to use the 10 more days to use the uh, December Omnia code, and then obviously we'll have a, a new code in January. It's down on the bottom of the screen right now. Uh, an airplane went through on red. I did not see that. Yeah. Also, if you're a local Minnesota, you can definitely just go through Brian Banger at Intune to get yourself your powerhouse set up for sure, and they'll be able to rig it. So if you don't want to rig it and do all that stuff, then uh, that's the way to go. Walleye Wednesday for dinner. Now
1: we're talking.
0: Bruce says Kuda's got two entries. Pay it forward to Kuda. All right, it's thirty-three. We're gonna draw forty-four people in. Okay. Unreal, Carol. How does she do it? Carol's got a brand new lithium battery for her kayak.
1: <clears throat>
0: Going to be styling and profiling. Chris, we gave away uh, a 12-volt, 6-amp-hour powerhouse lithium battery and charger. Um, it's real. You can't make it up. That's why I had to make the other contest a little more complicated so that it didn't just default to Carol and she didn't automatically win the 16 volt uh, battery. Oh, she says, nope, it's Kudas. She wants to pay it forward to CUDA. So there you go, Jig Squad. Our guy, she's paying it forward to you. That rules on like, it's like the, uh, the camper where you can only win. You say no way? Like, are you not accepting the pay it forward? Now we have an argument. I guess we'll have to take this offline.
1: <laughs> uh... So she... Jake Swat is not accepting it, Carol. So, all right. So, Carol, do you want it, or do you want to redraw it?
0: People are saying, get a... All right, you're keep. She's keeping it. All right. Are you keeping it? I think in the future, we'll see a lot of people with the name Carol uh, in chat. They're just going to... She says... Uh, please redraw. All right. We're going to redraw it.
1: Carol says redraw. Lightning M. Been pretty
0: active in the chat tonight. Get a hold of me on the Instagram or Facebooks. Send me a message. Uh, and don't tell me you don't want it and you're trying to give it to somebody else. <laughs> Hopefully you're still here and you can say, uh, there you go. He says awesome. Or he or she says awesome. Thank you. All right. So get a hold of me. And then to uh, to recap, the other battery we're giving away. And uh, Actually, I want to run over a couple other things here quick. So uh, Fantasy Fishing is open. So Beat Hellabass Group is open. I have a video also on the community tab. You can go there, find the link to join the Bassmaster Fancy Fishing Group. It's private, and uh, password is Slaymus with a capital S. All the details are in that video, so you either go watch that community post or click on that video to get in that Fancy Fishing Group. I do prizes uh, every event, drain the lake, regular game. So I just want to let you guys that's open. Um, what else I want to touch on here? So we are going to do the the uh, the bigger giveaway, right? And just to recap for people that came in late here is also Santa RJ is going to, he's put together a, uh, a bigger package, basically a $600 uh, opportunity here for the 16 volt 48 amper which will run two 12 inch screens in uh, a live scope uh, for all day and uh, plus a charger. And so you need to be a member or become a member. And then, uh, go to Omnia, use my code. It can literally be a $5 purchase. Send me a screenshot on Instagram or Facebook or something like that. And then, uh, however many people we get in the next, like we'll talk about it this week. We'll talk about next week. And then probably the first week of January, we'll close off like that first. we will kind of close off entries that night. Uh, and then, We'll start we'll see how many we got and then we'll whittle it down and we're gonna have like, like a four person trivia face off in like middle of January for this battery. So that's that's how you get to the path to this six hundred dollar uh awesome prize from Santa RJ at Powerhouse Lithium. And remember for the guys that didn't win uh guys or gals that think this Vexlar battery would be cool, it is on sale for 30% off right now. So if you just add it to your card at Powerhouse Lithium, uh you can get that battery. Yeah, no problem. Um, Other things, I'm probably gonna do a whatnot stream. Not sure when, but I do have some goodies that uh, might show up on a whatnot stream here. I found some things, so I I, uh,
1: found some of these old havoc pit bosses in uh,
0: green pumpkin green and green pumpkin purple. I'm gonna put those on the whatnot here coming up. So if you guys don't follow me on whatnot. You're interested? I grabbed a couple baits here. Uh, let's see here. I think I'll throw up these. How about this one here? Does anybody like these Excalibur jerk baits that they don't make anymore? I snagged that. I'm gonna throw that up on Whatnot. Discontinued
1: Excalibur jerk bait. Yeah, so you know, probably throw them up, start them at a couple bucks, and see what happens.
0: Got some striking 1.5s. We're not that interesting, but I'll throw those up. So I just kind of grabbed those as a good deal. There's another bait in here that I wanted. To... Got a couple of Skeet Reese square bill flat
1: sides, Lucky Craft that I'll throw up. Ah, oh, they're not from tournament goodie bags. These are things that I snagged in a lot. Uh, just kind of. I was buying something else and I
0: had free shipping. So I grabbed them. Uh, So I'll put that up on the whatnot. So if anybody wants to to find me on whatnot, I'll throw a link in the uh, chat here quick. If you haven't followed me, if you're new to whatnot, I think there's a way that like on your first purchase, you can get like a $10 credit. So I'll throw that in the chat quick if anybody wants it. Uh, I have not put my request in for the TK drop. Although I do have them. There you go. Ranger hats. I do got some stuff from old tournaments that kind of retro. I just haven't dug that far into my stuff. We'll probably get there as far as... Uh, uh, yeah, he's got some good deals on lithium. Um, and if you want, K&K Customs also will help you out. Um, I don't know. I got. I actually bought a bunch of mag because I can't get deals on Mega Mastery places. So this is part of the stuff I grabbed when I was buying the other day. Um
1: So I grabbed a handful of these, but,
0: uh, and they had one of these. So I grabbed that guy, but at this point, I'm not, I don't have any swim baits identified for sure. Uh,
1: Kyle, you are sleeping, bro. Uh, so what else? So I hope you guys understand the giveaway. Obviously, if you listen to the replay, you can, uh, uh, but uh let's see
0: the member giveaway for the uh the 14 amp 16 volt we talked about that uh, we went live on IG there's been a few people watching over there Brian you didn't win anything cuz you you got to be on YouTube to win
1: <laughs>
0: BTC the real cool people are on YouTube this is just to kind of draw you into
1: YouTube um so
0: Scott get a hold of me um lightning Get a hold of me. And uh, yeah, that's all the things I had on my list tonight. There you go. AJ's got 10% off his uh, gift cards at uh, Horseshoe Custom, So if you like some of AJ's paint jobs, you can uh, get yourself or somebody else some gift cards. And uh, use those later when he throws up something you like. Colby said he's just got Dustin's uh, grass puzzle piece, bass, whatever they're called. We talked about those last time, so he's shipping those out. Actually, we were going to do another giveaway of those. I don't know. Maybe we'll do that on uh, next week. been so much to talk about tonight. We'll, we'll probably give another way set of these from Colby uh, next week. I don't know who's going to be on next Wednesday. But we'll figure it out. Ramps? Yeah, absolutely, Rich. Um, so... If you came in late, Kyle, we talked about how to win the uh, the 16-volt 48-amp hour. Uh, so go back and listen to the replay. We'll catch you up on that. But you have some time. That'll be a, a couple-week process here. Any other questions for me that I didn't cover? I don't know. The next week will probably be the uh, last week of the Christmas lights, and then we'll shut them down for the year.
1: See that I We talked about uh, fancy fishing. Sorry, I missed this question earlier. Lightning, yeah. Uh, we covered this. It's Slamus with a capital S, Ed. I think uh, somebody told you that in chat. So, Yeah, drop. I think you're dropping your daughter off at college. Is that right, Gramps? I didn't see the link. Oh, there you go. There's the link
0: to Horseshoe Tackle. Uh, good show. Thanks, Nick. Best jig for wood. I always just throw my Bass Tech Arky Head around jigs or around wood. Yeah. Merry Christmas. Good point, Carol. This would be the last stream before christmas uh most likely but we'll have one next week on the twenty seventh right after christmas uh, oh you know what i uh i gotta give away I can give away some uh channel memberships
1: here let me uh let me do that let's see here. Just a second. Give me a gimme a moment. All right. Let's see here. Membership gifting. Uh, I can give five more memberships this month. So you can
0: allow gifts. Kyle Downey, Rob Stone, Warren County Bass, NJ. Kyle Norris and Patrick Griffin just won a single month of memberships.
1: Thank you Stephanie, you have a Merry Christmas. Yeah, I don't think so AJ. They come down de- they come up December 1st and they go away December 31st. Uh, Lauren, I am fishing all three of the Northern Opens. Oh, Colby working on a new swim jig. I'm sure he'll share it with us soon.
0: Yeah. Uh, Wesley was a gem. Like I didn't know what to expect. Didn't know much about him, but he hasn't been a lot of podcasts, but that was, that was some good information that he shared tonight. Uh, if anybody else is in the, uh, You you can also, like, if if somebody else ever wanted to gift uh, memberships, you can hit the super chat button and you can give memberships to other people. Just an option, not saying anybody has to, but, like, so, like, for 15 bucks, you guys can, like, give five other people a, a, a month of membership as well. So.
1: Sean, you are the gift that keeps on giving. No problem,
0: Kyle. Merry Christmas, Clay. Well, stick around, Nathan. All in due time. Yep. Roll the dice on beat Hellabass. Merry Christmas, Kevin. Thanks for hooking us up with the K&K gift card. Uh, Top Toad just grabbed two of the six amps. That's awesome, Top Toad. hope you enjoy them. I look forward to hearing what you think of them uh, in future. Uh, I did I did preview and watch his little segment on Mercer. Yeah. Uh, but that was after I booked him as a guest. What was on my Christmas list this year? Uh, I just tell everybody to get me Omni gift cards.
1: <laughs> Makes it easy. Um. Oh. There you go. Carol's going to get banned. <laughs> uh. closed captioning available. It is on the replay, BTC. All right. Yeah. Uh, bring it
0: on. Yeah, the green people are the members, right? So the people here that have the little squiggly on YouTube, it shows up different. They've got little fish next to their names, but on when I pull them up here, the little like S or whatever, those are the members. So members get a little badge. Um, And it changes, like, on YouTube you see some of them are like orange fish and red fish, uh, things like that. So that's one of the perks. You get a little badge by supporting a little bit higher level. But Clay says uh, Feltz is his
1: fancy fishing ringer. But uh, Yeah, it was fun tonight. I enjoyed it. Uh... Okay, I'll take your word for it, Shane. Well, anything else? So, yeah, I've got some things for uh, whatnot that I'm stocking up. What's this? What? Actually, I got two X-Caliber jerk baits, and I only had one. If anybody wants those, I'll be throwing those up along with some other stuff. Oh,
0: I don't know. I think I'm tapped out unless anybody else has any questions. We'll probably wrap this bad boy up. Okay. Carol also keeps your tree up till after the Epiphany. Honestly, my tree will stay up until I can badger my uh teenage daughters to uh uh take it down. Uh see a couple DMs coming in. Uh Mr. Lightning, I saw your DM. All right. Uh I don't have the next whatnot schedule, but I would imagine I can sneak one in between Christmas and New Year. So watch for that. Yes. Happy holidays to everyone. If you're traveling, uh, be safe, enjoy it, you know, make, uh, make your Christmas enjoy Christmas. Don't get caught up in the hustle and bustle and the gift giving, enjoy the, the food and the family and all that stuff. And, 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 you know, if, if, if religion's a big part of it, make that part of your Christmas. Just like, don't get caught up in all the stuff that takes the fun out of the holidays you know, let all those bygones with family members and friends kind of to the side and, and enjoy the season. I guess that's my advice. Like, just just go with the flow and have a good time. Don't don't get caught up in all the stuff that stresses about holidays and uh, enjoy it and be safe. And uh, we'll see you guys next week. As always, here to help you guys catch more big bass and suck less.